0: KGPR's Voices and Views is sponsored by Wild Montana's Island Range Chapter, uniting and mobilizing communities to keep Montana wild. Learn more at wildmontana.org forward slash IRC.
1: Welcome to Voices and Views on Great Falls Public Radio, KGPR 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Thomas Risberg, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming Norma Ashby-Smith and Mr. Dwight Smith to the studio. Thank you very much for coming, Dwight and Norma. Thank you very much,
2: Thomas. It's fun to be with you.
1: So... Give our listeners just a little background on your guys' careers. I would say that you're living legends and make me think of the We Stand on the Shoulders of Giants. So, Dwight, Oklahoma boy, tell me a
0: little bit about growing up. Oklahoma and Texas, what what two states to be raised in. Patriotic values, American values, Christian values uh, were instilled in me. Uh, hard-working parents, work ethic was uh, off the charts. They had a grocery business. And so I started uh, stocking shelves, carrying out groceries when I was seven, uh, no child labor laws. And so uh, it was fun. It was fun. My dad uh, was always thinking outside the box. He had, uh, on, his, on the anniversary of his grocery store, the 10th anniversary, he had Roy Rogers and Dale Evans and Trigger, Come in uh, and promote the uh, the Grand Market, his his grocery store. And there was a thousand dollar bill encased in a capsule in a huge cake, and whoever got that capsule got they didn't get the thousand dollar bill because they, it was the only one printed, but they got a nice five hundred dollars uh, recognition and and five hundred dollars worth of groceries, and that was nineteen 1950- fifty. One.
1: Yeah, that's like two grand worth of groceries at
0: least, right? <laughs> yes. So, Thomas, it was a great background. Great. And all the relatives in tech, uh, were Texans and Oklahomans. And, and it was a great uh, great era to grow up in the uh, uh, late uh, 40s and, and 50s. Uh, and I, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. To And Norma, you're a a Helena girl, right?
2: Yep, that's correct. Born and raised in Helena, but I did spend the first five years of my life on a ranch out uh, near Winston, Montana, or between Helena and Townsend. That ranch land is now under Canyon Ferry Lake. They put the Canyon Ferry Dam and flooded all that wonderful country out there. But they did move some of the houses, I know, and they did move a lot of the graves, I know. And so my great-grandfather's grave is in the Benton Avenue Cemetery right across the street from uh, Carroll College in Helena.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a wild story. Yeah, yeah. That's And I think a lot of people are appreciative of the Canyon Ferry Dam.
2: Yeah, they love to, yeah, and they love the lake because it's good fishing. Absolutely. Good fishing, yeah.
1: And so where i want to i start out folks with the the discussion of their childhood right because at root one of the things i hope to do with this show is to push back against what i call the culture of contempt that i've seen emerging in our country which is where we stop uh looking underneath so to speak uh the values um the experiences that people have had And instead we just judge them based on some social media post you know some organization they're affiliated with and in almost every case i don't care where you sit on the political spectrum the impressions that we have of each other are shallow and wrong they're they're just we have mis you know impressions of of everyone around us at least those that don't you know don't agree with us and so i love hearing about people's Childhood, And I think we can all connect with those things, right? Right. Of growing up on a ranch, of growing up having dad, you know, running the grocery store, right? And I love the uh, the child labor, right? The whole purpose of having children was the labor. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. Well, and I, I love that my work experience uh, before I really had careers. And my very first job was as a babysitter. I got 35 cents an hour. And my most thrilling experience was taking care of a man's three kids who later became governor of Montana. And he had Dennis the Menace as his son and two daughters. And I was about 13, I think, at the time. And the first thing he did was cut the telephone cord. And there I was, isolated as a 13-year-old, taking care of these three kids, and I was absolutely terrified. I thought, what if somebody broke in and who would I call for help? So I sat up all night waiting for the later to become the first lady and the governor of Montana to come home. And I think they blotted that out of their mind because later when they were in office, they never remembered that night. So that was good. But I, they were gonna drive me home, and I said, no, you're not, I'm gonna walk. And I only w- lived two blocks from where they lived. So the first lady walked me home in her bare feet. And that was my fond memory of this couple. <laughs> but, but that was my first job experience. And then the next job was being a, a cleaning lady at a motel. And I learned how to scrub toilets and make beds. And that job has stuck with me. I've taught my husband how to do corners of sheets. And, of course, he had to learn a lot about making beds in the military because they had to be so tight that you could
0: bounce a dime
2: off, bounce it. A dime off of it.
1: And it's funny that I think a lot of us, myself included, think that's like a joke. But, like, they would literally come in and bounce dimes off it, right? <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight,
1: it's not a joke. Uh, it's It's what happened. <laughs> is what
0: happened that's right
1: <laughs> and so i i want to get back to a discussion of, of values and kind of growing up in montana in the montana way but i i want to get to the event that we have coming up that you guys are on the show to discuss because it's very near and dear to my heart i've been part of it now for this the fourth year mm-hmm. and it's called early risers right. so <clears throat> Norma, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Early Risers?
2: I'm very proud to. This is our 32nd Early Risers. I've never missed one. I helped start it with our pastor's wife way back then, and it has been so successful. It's the only event of its kind in Great Falls. It's brings in all the denominations that there are almost, inside and outside Great Falls, many, many people involved. The people on the schedule, this is four Thursday mornings in May, and we start early, because that's why it's called Early Risers. We start at 6.30 for wonderful breakfast, and then at 7 the program gets underway. We have wonderful speakers, outstanding speakers, we have wonderful music, we have prayer, and we always have a special project, and that's where you came. Came in with us with your special projects and this year we have another special project you can tell a little bit about yours the one this year is called young life and uh, so that's a quick synopsis of it it starts at six thirty. it's over at yeah, First Presbyterian at Church. first Presbyterian Church which is right next door to Croxford's funeral home is on Central and 14th Street on the north side of the street
1: And it's a great free breakfast that comes when you purchase your ticket, and it's only $25 for all four, right? That's
2: correct. That's correct. Mm -hmm.
1: And so one of the things I love about early risers is the simplicity of it, right? So I look at the mission, and it says, you know, it's an annual gathering. We're going to glorify God, inspire Christian fellowship, and bring awareness to a nonprofit charity. That's exactly right. What better way to start your day?
2: And the other thing we're really thrilled about is our theme. Every year we have a different theme, and you want to stress that because I know it means a lot to you. Uh,
0: Our theme for uh, early risers for the four Thursdays of May is hope is an anchor for the soul. Mm -hmm. And just think about it. Uh, If we don't have hope, what happens to our lives? Uh, Emptiness. Uh, What am I doing here? Where are where are we going? Uh, So hope is absolutely uh, eternal uh, with the Lord uh, Jesus Christ, and so uh, that is a the mainstay of of uh, uh, of our program, and it's Hebrews six seventeen. Hope is an anchor for the soul, and so. Uh, and, and all of our speakers will be centering their, their talks, discussion around hope. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think the, the nonprofit charity uh, really is, at root, a hope dealer. And so uh, I'll talk a little bit here about Young Life. For, for our listeners that aren't familiar with it, it is a, a national ministry, right, that, that has mostly middle school and high school kids right and it is ah, they meet at alliance for youth often at 3220 11th avenue south and uh they do laser tag they have you know dress up nights right they they just have fun and it's wholesome right we were talking about this you know why you're saying i grew i grew up watching you know leave it to beaver and whatnot and i i say regardless of of kind of your your political persuasion, your ideology, having kids come together in a safe environment and enjoy fellowship is something that I think we all want for our kids. And frankly, we just see less of it these days, that kids are on their iPads, they're uh, just kind of isolated in ways that were really just never part of the human experience until... Mm-hmm. The smartphone came along, and I think this is a great way to have kids, often these are kids that are, are struggling, right, that have uh, turmoil at home, that have, uh, you know, hard getting basic needs met, right, they don't always have a meal uh, when they come home from school, and bring them together and give them hope and show them that they're cared and loved for, right? And I think... What most people that I I look up to will say, I don't care what your uh, ideology is, you know, it's all about doing, walking the walk, right? Mm -hmm. A A lot of talk going on in our society today, and a lot of it's empty. And it's been that way, you know, since time began, right? This isn't something new, but these are folks that go out and every day are working with kids that don't have a place to go, and they are sharing love. They are sharing hope. They are sharing themselves and their experiences. Mm -hmm. And ministries like this truly uh, are going to ensure that our next generation Mm -hmm. feels good about themselves, feels good about the future. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's really important to, to highlight. And so you're gonna hear a lot about young life during early risers. But we're also going to hear from some great members in the community, and I want to kick it back to you guys because I think our listeners will be very excited to hear who all we have coming to speak Mm -hmm. and then the best music in the city. So, Norma, kick us off with what's going on Thursday, May 4th.
2: Well, a real good friend of ours, excuse me, Lucas Sear, a lot of us know him as uh, the owner of Double Barrel, which is a very popular restaurant here in town. He cooks the best food in town, and he serves people. I mean, last summer, I guess he gave away hundreds of, of sack lunches to the kids that don't have lunch. And he does that freely. And, and you just saw him today. Do you want to mention about Lucas and, and his wonderful little boys that he has? And his wife, too. She's awesome.
0: Yes, they're, they're fully engaged in any project that they tackle. Uh, and Young Life is one of those projects. Uh, the, all the kids go to Foothills Christian School, and uh, his youngest uh, son, Caleb, uh, uh, who is just the brightest uh, little fella, he, he, uh, at, uh, in the state of Montana, uh, he is the champion bowler of the state of Montana at six years old. At seven, he won it again, and now he's competing f- uh, as an eight-year-old and he may take take a third uh, a third win with this one in Helena this weekend. So uh, they've raised a very uh, wonderful family, competitive family, uh, always striving, and lots of love. And Lucas will be serving breakfast for uh, those four Thursdays as well. Yeah, he's a very generous man. So we're we're blessed to yes, have Lucas. We are.
2: And then the next week, the 11th of May, we have the Lieutenant Governor, Kristen Juris. And she's spoken to us before. She's a devout Christian. She immediately said yes when we asked her. And what's so exciting, we might want to get into the music as a separate subject, but since we're on the Lieutenant Governor, that morning our music is the vocal Patriots. And two of the eight guys that sing a cappella in harmony are his sons, Mark and Luke and they are so good and they're going to sing how great thou art and america the beautiful it,
1: their rendition i've heard america the beautiful done by them and it's pretty stirring yeah, uh,
2: it is acapella just,
1: is a different experience you know and they do they keep a tune yeah uh like no other
2: right and then the third one on may 18th we have Austin Collins, and he is the youth pastor for Victory Church. And so that's another one of the many churches that are involved. And then the final speaker on May 25th is Bill Shirley, who is the youth leader at New City Church. And he loves working with children. And he's another generation of people that are really an inspiration. The younger pastors, the younger people just just run to him. He He's worked in, in schoolyards, he's worked as a bus driver. He just feels that this is his calling to work with young people. And he's just such a loving man, isn't he?
0: He's a real role model. Uh, kids from uh, 10 years old all the way up to 18, 19 years old, uh, Bill Shirley really relates to them. and. You know, those are tough years. Uh, you've always got—I uh, uh, don't know—it's one-upmanship games that uh, these kids can play, and there, there's, there's a bully effect there. And then people loo- uh, you know—kids lose um, a, a an ounce of themselves, uh, maybe a pound of themselves. They, they don't feel worthy because uh, of getting. Um, picked on uh, at school, uh, they don't. They're you know they don't th- feel like they're uh, competitive enough. Whatever there is going through their minds, and then you throw in the uh, the bully effect on that, and and they become feeling not adequate and isolated. And this is what this young life really is good about: is bringing the best out of our young people. Uh, we applaud. Uh, people like Bill Shirley and the youth directors uh, at the other churches. Yeah, right. well,
1: and I think the word that we don't use enough uh, is is at root, it's fear. I, I say that humans are, a, we are fear-based creatures, and that is instilled in us, right, from time immemorial, because that's how we stayed alive, right, is those that didn't have fear didn't make it. But I think we're triggered interfering everything right and one of the greatest ironies and the saddest things about bullying right and I I can remember when I was teaching fifth grade and I think it got through to a lot of kids is that what the person doing the bullying is truly saying is I have no self-esteem I do not like myself and I need to put you down to try to keep up this facade that I'm better and it's a deep-seated fear of inadequacy on the bullier's part. And we see this in our society, I think, is that there's almost this game that we all play that we nobody can admit any vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. That they have any concerns or fears that they just are operating in this perfect la-la-la and everything's just like it looks on my Facebook page. And it's sad because coming together sharing our fears is the way we overcome them.
2: Right. Did you find yourself uh, half the time serving as a counselor to those fifth graders that you were teaching? Absolutely. And I think
1: we 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 use terms, right? Like counseling and I think we've taken a lot of things in our society and put clinical connotations behind them, right? And I don't know that that's helpful in every way. So I connected with my kids, is what I would say, and I tried to make each one of them, I had 38 kids in my classroom in Memphis, Tennessee, and I I tried to make them feel a part of and understand that they are a valued part of our classroom, they are a valued part of our school, and it really doesn't take much. What I've always said is, you know, people get Scared, I think, especially when they try to get out into the community that they have to do something grand, right? Mm-hmm. All you got to do with a kid, you know, come if you want to get involved with Young Life, right? You don't need to be, you know, this incredible, just, you know, very vibrant, out there person. You just need to go there and sit with a kid yeah, and, and ask them how their day was.
2: We saw the sweetest report on the news last night on KRTV that I've seen covered for for many months, and it was about a second-grade teacher at Meadowlark School teaching a little group of girls how to knit and how thrilled they are with it. It's the greatest thing they've ever learned. They're they, it, These little girls each gave their little testimonials about what it meant to them and then what that teacher meant to them. And they, they all said, she's the best teacher I've ever had. And the teacher turned out to be one of my relatives. <laughs> A Memke girl from out east of town.
1: That's the classic zero degrees of separation in Montana. Yeah. It's like if they're not a direct relation, they're, you know,
2: <laughs> right. second. Yeah. But she was so sweet, and she just couldn't say enough good things about her girls, could she? That's right. And they showed all the beautiful things they'd knitted, and here they are second graders. It's
1: a be- Kids haven't changed. What I always say is human nature hasn't changed, right? No it's It's the environment that we are interacting in that fundamentally has changed over the last 20 years. And I think we all know that it's it's social media. Uh, we've unleashed a uh, force that is so well suited to playing on uh, our dopamine and all of our brain chemicals to keep us hooked, right? Addiction to social media, Is in essence you know very similar in its effect on your mind Mm -hmm. to to a substance right that you get those likes and -hmm. you see that stuff and it gives you that dopamine spike but it's empty it leaves you with nothing Mm -hmm. and I think we as a society need to be open there are some groups that are really tackling this that we are engaged in a vast social experiment on our children Mm -hmm. they are fundamentally more vulnerable to the algorithms to uh very well targeted media that's giving them messages that by and large are not enriching their lives Mm -hmm. and i don't think anyone among us has an answer right is well what do we do but i think we know that part of that answer is certainly doing what's worked for humanity Mm -hmm for eons, which is getting together and fellowshipping. I can't emphasize that enough, Mm -hmm. that so many of the the programs that I see working, helping, doing things, the most important thing there is, we're bringing people together in a positive, safe environment. I can't Mm -hmm. speak enough to this, you know, you call it back to basics, but I I call it back to the foundation Mm -hmm. of, of how we develop Humans that love themselves that love others and have hope for the future
2: Absolutely one of the things that I'm so thrilled with in early risers. Is that by? Basically, it started as more of a women's group But thanks to this wonderful man next to me He's helped get more men involved including you Thomas and that's been good because women have a tendency to cut together anyway Men are a little bit different. They they don't have as many close 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 friends as women do. That's why some women survive as widows, but men have a tough time being widows because they like to be taken care of. And so, but would you like to address the men that you've seen come to early risers and how much you've enjoyed it, and maybe how much Thomas has enjoyed it?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, when I first started coming to early risers. Uh, I felt like uh, the, well, there's one or two, one or two brothers there, but uh, for the most part, it was 60 women and two men, oh, no. and uh, which was nice, uh, very nice. Uh, but uh, as as we've uh, gone these last five years, uh, that number of uh, of men has uh, increased uh, to up to 10, 20, uh, and 20 women, men, and
2: more women are bringing, men and too. more
0: women are bringing their their husbands and. Uh, that connection there, seeing the, uh, the viewpoints of, uh, of men and women, uh, it, it's, it's refreshing. Uh, the men, every one of them, have enjoyed it. And, and there's men that have been key, uh, keep coming every session for the last several years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got men coming from uh, the rescue mission. Uh, Jim McCormick is, is a, a wonderful. Uh, follower of early risers and uh, we've got uh, Shane Erzweiler who's comes. He's the Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. uh, and I can name off <clears throat> uh, many others that have started coming the last year or so and now they're signed up to come for this year. So, I agree completely. I mean, the Lord, the Lord doesn't intend us to be alone. So, it's wonderful to see uh, husbands and wives come together in a in a in a common uh, organ in a common meeting and enjoying uh, each other and enjoying the Word of uh, uh, Jesus Christ and enjoying the music. Uh, that's a as Thomas mentioned earlier. It's a wonderful way to start a day.
1: And I want to make sure we just for our listeners really have everyone understand that. Uh one this is ecumenical and it's really open to anyone right mm-hmm. faith no faith this is about coming together and fellowshipping right. and I think you will find the most welcoming group of human beings uh, you know in in our little pocket of, of planet Earth and I, I also want to make sure that our listeners understand the how the, the day goes right that you come in the doors open at 630 so every Thursday in May and then you're going to kick it off with a prayer. Then you're going to hear, they call it the service project. So you'll hear Joseph Yeisley, who's the amazing, dynamic, Young Life area director. Two days, right? Two days he'll be the speaker. Um, and then after the speakers, you're going to have the musician. And then you're going to have a, a, the main speaker, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have Lucas Sear and uh austin collins from victory church bill shirley from new city and of course uh, last but certainly not least lieutenant governor Kristen juris from <laughs> crossroads church but just so people get an idea of how the the morning unfolds and you'll be out of there by about eight o'clock eight mm-hmm. fifteen, and so um it really is nice and it's something you can do you know depending on when your workday starts it's a great way i guarantee you you will be glad you came and uh norma let us let our listeners know. Who are these musicians? We know we got the vocal Patriots Mm -hmm. on that second Thursday.
2: Well, we have a pastor who's one of the best singers in town, and that's Pastor Gary Hart. Uh, from Victory Church. And his wife, I I hope she's there to accompany him, but they are a team of of musicians that you love to listen to. And then down here on on Thursday, we have the May 18th, we have our wonderful duet players, Paula Jackson, our music chairman, and Joan Schmidt, one of the best organists in Great Falls. And they're going to have a duet, which will be wonderful. And then the final musician is, uh, well, of course, we have... um, our uh, Vocal Patriots that we mentioned on the 11th of May, and then the final one is Lisa Wallace, who is uh, with New City Church, and she's also the, the chief music teacher at Foothills uh, Community Christian School, and she plays the keyboard and will sing. She was in um, music ministry for like 17 years. She was a pastor of, of music ministry, and I didn't even know they existed, but she's really good. and. I really envy her because she's lost a whole bunch of weight. (laughs) She looks wonderful too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you're gonna have Lisa Wallace, and I know Paula Jackson and Joan Schmidt, and of course, you know Pastor Gary and and Pam Mm -hmm. Hart are are just fabulous. Pam
2: can come. I'm not sure she'll be there because they got a birthday in the family, but for sure, Pastor.
1: Hopefully, we'll she'll hear this and we'll get a little peer pressure. Sorry, Pam. You can attend the birthday by yeah, all means yeah. but uh if you can make it we'd love to have you yeah. for early risers yeah. and so can you tell our listeners uh more about you know wh- where do they purchase tickets
2: well, we're sending out invitations right now. If you don't get one, let us know. You can call me, and I can refer you to our person in charge of tickets. And they're $25 for the four sessions. If you can only get away for one or two, they're $7 each. and Or you can come to the door and, and get them at the door. Cause um, my darling husband, Dwight Smith, and I will be at the door to greet you and we will be taking care of registration. So that'll be good. So it's at First Presbyterian Church now. We're back where we started from 32 years ago at 1315 Central Avenue. It's down in the Social Hall. And we're really excited to be back there. We loved New City, which really helped us go through the tide of, of COVID. and We love their, their wonderful welcome to us, but we're back at New City. If you wanna get your tickets advanced, you just send your check to First Presbyterian Church, 1315 Central Avenue. If you have any questions about any of this stuff we've talked about today, you could sure call me. I I know a little bit about this since I've never missed one. And my number is 406-590-6798, Norma Ashby Smith.
1: And then we also, there's a Facebook page for early risers that has the registration form on it. That has the poster. So if if you, you know, I tell you what, it'd be the best decision you made in a long time to call Norma because you'll not just get information about early risers. You're going to get some great Montana tales, <laughs> but we don't want to have her be overwhelmed. And so you can also go to early risers Facebook page, which is just early risers. And, uh, you know, you'll see it has the Young Life logo as the profile right now as they're the nonprofit for this year, and it has all the information you could possibly need about early risers. And this is a good uh, kind of segue into something that I wanted to talk to both of you about as, as folks that I know have been involved in just a whole multitude of initiatives in Montana that are service-oriented. Um, We were talking about, uh, there's a Wall Street Journal poll that came out recently, and it's looking at uh, questions of values in the United States, right? And and I think we saw some precipitous declines, especially among youth, on uh, the value that they place on serving in the community. And I want to say that these are really precipitous drops. So if you go back, you know, to 10 years ago this has fallen by people that say it's important to be involved in the community, right, has gone down by, you know, like 20%. It's unreal what we're seeing going on. And what I wanted you all to kind of give our listeners is tell us about your community involvement. Let's say a couple projects each that are really near and dear to your heart and, and to kind of Instill a, a sense of hope, and that community involvement is not some dull obligation. It's an opportunity to meet fascinating people and to make a difference. So, Norma, I know you've probably got about thirty you could give, <laughs> but just start out. Well, that's the, what what jumps to the top of your mind. Well,
2: of course, the Sam Russell Auction. It's been going fifty-four years, and I almost didn't get it off the ground way back in '69 or 62, excuse me, well, 69, I'm sorry. I get, get confused how long I was on television, so I was on since 62. But 69, the ad club needed a new project. I brought the. I, I'd been to an auction in Geraldine, Montana. It was the most fun thing I'd ever been to. I'd never been to an auction, and it was so much fun. And I came back to the I club and I said they were desperately looking for a new project, and because they'd had a, a a lottery and we it was declared unconstitutional or something because we had a new attorney general. I said those are illegal. You can't do that anymore. You can't have a drawing for a Cadillac anymore. We were giving away a free Cadillac. So I thought an auction would be fun. So I bring it to the ad club board of directors and I said, why don't we call it the CM Russell auction because he's our most famous citizen. And they said, who wants to honor a dead artist? That was their response. And that was the years when I was determined. And I just thought, by gosh, this is a good idea. We've got to hang in there. So I met with a couple of the guys in the club that were leaders in the club, and I said, we've got to come up with a a different approach. And the three of us got huddled together. And we thought, not only will we honor Charlie Russell, but we'll make it as a platform, a showcase for new and upcoming artists. Well, that appealed to them. They said, well, we'll try it one year and see if it'll work. Well, the exciting thing is this year, the Russell Museum, who had later took it over after we'd done it for for about 41 years, they brought in a lot of new and upcoming artists this year. And I thought, amen, this is the way to survive because you get all these established artists and they move on. They don't particularly need an auction anymore to introduce themselves. They've been introduced. But here we had some this year that were wonderful. And I thought, yay, they've come around. And next year, all the shows are gonna be in uh, March, which is Russell month. We're not gonna try to have this. Well, they did it for a reason. They had COVID and they had to adapt but the is going to move back to March instead of having it. They'll have it one more time at the fairgrounds this March, and then they'll all be back in March in Great Falls. And I'm so thrilled. But so that's one thing I've been... And the one key I learned about why it was so successful initially is, that, is advice for anybody that does anything in, in terms of volunteer service is to make everybody you're working with in that event or that project feel like it wouldn't work without them no matter where where you're at. And that's what we succeeded in doing to get this auction going. And it became the biggest thing in the country because everybody involved in it, whether they were from out of town or in town, felt that it couldn't work, wouldn't work without them. And, and we would have a, a huge greeting group at the fair, the, at the airport to greet these celebrities that were coming to town, these regular buyers. They had never gotten such a welcome to any community. And we just, and we had a band for them and everything sometimes, so that was fun. And the other second one I'll mention is early risers, because it's still going to after 34 years. And that's the thing. I think too many people will try something and, oh, if it doesn't measure their expectation, they drop it. Well, give yourselves a chance and hang in there and make sure you're building new leaders too to to fill your spot because the biggest thing I learned is when you push your fist in a bucket of water and you pull it out, it's amazing how quickly that hole fills. So I think too many people in leadership roles – think that it wouldn't work without them well that's not true because if you've done your job right you're developing new leaders yeah and i think
1: the some of the ones that i'd like to get to give our listeners that this is has how much it's enriched your life right Mm -hmm. not just the success of the auction right or of early risers and its sustainability and long-term success but you know, give me maybe one person that really stands out to you throughout the years. I know this would be hard, but that but for being involved in this would have never met. That's been a fascinating, you know, part of your life.
2: Well, Bill Sherman would be that one that one man. He, I get all teary when I talk about him, but he and I became great friends. And he was one of the early huge collectors of Russell and of the auction. And we'd have long phone calls. He lived in Portland, Oregon, and he would call me up and say, okay, What are we going to do about the next project? And he's the guy that told me the two most important words, if you're going to be successful, and I ask everybody, well, what do you think those are? Nobody guesses. They're real obvious. The two most important words, if you want to be successful, whatever you do, is follow through. He said, just think about it. You say, well, let's have lunch sometime. And you say, okay, let's get our date book right now, and let's pick a date right now and set a date. Because sometime isn't a day of the week, as you heard me say. I love it, Norma. (laughs) and we pick a date because that's the only way it's going to work. So that's one idea, one person, but there are many many people and this man sitting next to me is one of the great people that I've met through through activities in Great Falls and here we are married after 5 years we're we're married now. And
1: that's a perfect segue. So so Dwight, I know um, and talk a little bit about this. I, I you know, you you were a long-time dedicated service in the United States Air Force. Uh, but you've also been engaged in countless community projects. And so similar to Norma, what's one or two that really have
0: moved your, your soul? Um, Thomas, it's hard to say, uh, but the number one, I think, is our Great Falls Rescue Mission. Oh my gosh, and and uh, they've been the recipient uh, of of uh, early risers on several occasions. Uh, wonderful, generous donations to the Great Falls Rescue Mission. When you look at the mission, some people and bless their hearts, they don't they don't know what the mission does. So when they drive by, they say, "Well, yeah, they're getting some soup and a, and a bed." Gosh, it's so much more than that. Sure, they get a bed, they get Uh, uh, wonderful meals but the big thing is the disciple program I've seen so many men and women and families come to the mission and I've been there volunteering since 2011 and they come in broken and we're all broken but they come in with having addiction having uh, dysfunctional families um, having heartbreaks but they come there they're met with love respect they, uh, they are involved with a, a Christ-centered program, uh, and of those people, I mean, I'm talking about people that were thinking suicide, that were no hope, and they come to the mission. I, li- I, li- I term it an oasis in their desert of their lives, and they are refreshed, they are given hope, uh, they're given Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they are absolutely transformed uh, these people walk out of there there's some that that are going back to their old habits, but they come back and and we we work with them again mm-hmm. but uh, we'll never know since nineteen sixty three mm-hmm. how many thousands of people have been saved through the work of the rescue mission. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, there's some controversy, right, in the community that
1: you'll hear about with the rescue mission. And, you know, I, I'm not going to ask you to comment on that, you know, about who they'll take and that you have to go to a, a Bible, uh, you know, study if you want to stay and, and such and such. And But something that I really want to highlight for our listeners is go down and see it. Go to the mission. Talk to the people that run it before you have any kind of preconceived notions about
0: What's going on there? Right. Uh, an excellent way of getting acquainted is being a volunteer, and we've got something like uh, four hundred volunteers. But it's it's there's always a need there, and and, and so uh, please get more acquainted. If you if you don't get involved in, with the disciple program, here's some uh, they've got a whole variety of how to. Uh, how to be a better parent? How to be a better husband, a better wife? We're getting people that have no clue what a father or mother was supposed to be. They came out of an atmosphere, an environment that there was no family involvement, and they they they're seeing how to be a, a wonderful parent, and they're now they're able to do the basic social skills of. Uh, Balancing a checkbook they they've never had a had a budget uh, it, the list goes on and on how these people are taken out of off the street and And given the basic life skills
1: and and something I want to highlight uh, again is and you may know these numbers better than I do but is the, the volume I think is important in terms of people don't necessarily understand uh, the small budget <laughs> that the rescue mission has to the level of service they provide as i hear it they they can have three hundred people in house on any given night correct
0: you know you're you're essentially running three hotels uh... and restaurants down there you've got the women's shelter you've got the men's shelter and you've got the family shelter in the cameron center and yes you can have uh... have three hundred people that you're responsible for feeding and housing and uh, getting back on their feet so it is a big operation and norma bless her heart norma and Jean thayer uh back six seven years ago started the campaign for the cameron family center because there was nothing for families it was just for the men initially and then women and but nothing for families. And so what they did, their goal was $7 million. This was all within Great Falls. Uh, no federal monies involved. No federal monies involved. And so it was a tremendous effort. They not only, Gene Thayer and Norma and other board members, fantastic board members, came, uh, came up, not $7 million, but $9 million. And they built this beautiful facility. Now to run these facilities, guess what? Money and uh, operational expenses, you know, are uh, several million a year. And so to keep uh, keep that, it's all every penny, every nickel is worth uh, is worth it to see lives changed.
1: And, and something that I really want to emphasize for folks that may have you know uh, a less than rosy picture of the rescue mission is. What I can tell you is those folks are not making very much money. They're not making anything close to what they're worth in in our market economy. And I think that at the very least, there should be appreciation for people that sacrifice their lives day to day to go do the hard work in the trenches. And that goes for anyone, because I really do think that we as a society have to get back to... I don't agree with you you're a wonderful person and that those things are in no way contradictory that I can have fundamentally different values than you fundamentally different belief system but when I look at the way that you live your life I can say you know what I respect you I can work with you we can partner we don't have to agree we don't have to compromise our beliefs but we can each Appreciate respect and and have true, you know, camaraderie between each other, knowing that we're both here, working to help human beings.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. you're you're exactly right. <clears throat> we have got one of the most generous towns and and uh, counties uh, in America. Uh, we have ranchers, uh, we have uh, farmers, and we have people that are bringing in fresh vegetables and uh, beef and chickens and the Hooterites are very, very good. Uh, I can't even begin to list the generosity. And clothes, we're getting uh, almost new clothes at uh, at times for people, uh, coats and, and parkas and that are so necessary in the wintertime. And so the dedicated staff at the rescue mission uh, I can't say enough about them. We've had some uh, fantastic directors uh, in these past few years, the Berger family and then uh, the, uh, uh, Jim Kaiser and Sharon, and now we've got uh, Jim McCormick and Wendy. These people spend countless hours behind the scenes, and, the, and their staff, uh, they're all working together to improve and make things happen for those people that are lost and and have just had broken lives. You know,
2: Dwight, the one thing you haven't touched upon is taking some of the former guests at the mission who come on board as staff, and they're fabulous because they've been there, done that, and nothing shocks them because they were in the trenches at one time. Amen. Yeah, I'm thinking especially your gal at the women's shelter, and she's been a real great addition to your staff.
0: So you've got these fabulous people that were broken and have gone through those years of uh, desolation, and now they've come through the mission program. and you've got uh, a young lady there on the uh, women's shelter, uh, Morgan Stewart, who is just fabulous. And then I, there's four or five, six others on the staff. And let me say this. Uh, there is a, a retreat program, a Christian retreat program called Opentel, and we uh, there. There's four. There are one a quarter, four a year, and uh, they make such a difference in the life of uh, of everyone that goes there. And it's in the Ursuline Center for Friday and Saturday and a Sunday. And we send many of our uh, men and women to uh, the, that wonderful retreat and they come back all restored and refreshed and and so Dwight
1: I know you know Norma was talking about Bill Sherman and I want to make sure I get you I know have really gone above and beyond there's one gentleman I can think of in particular but with folks that have been in the rescue mission can you talk about some of your personal experiences with people that that you've spent years supporting
0: well yeah <laughs> you know Thomas everybody has a story and People, they love to tell their stories, but many times they have nobody to tell it to or nobody's really interested. And so when you start uh, asking those open-ended questions, which Norma is so good at, uh, as an interviewer of 26,000 people in her uh, radio and TV uh, experiences those years, but once you start digging into uh, people's uh, background, you see... You're, you're amazed at what—I've had people come on the, the rescue mission that, that are living under bridges and and off the street, and yet their stories, some of them have, were very successful business people, uh, and yet whatever the turn of life was, the addiction, whatever, uh, they, they sank into Great Depression and, and, and loss. And, but yet they're making a comeback.
1: And, and this is your story. I, I want to kind of our listeners to understand what it looks like to really commit to service. I, I'm going to lead you here. With the leading question, not the open one, but, uh, you did have a, a gentleman stay with you for many years in your basement, correct?
0: Well, it was, a, uh, it was a living area. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, it was our wonderful, uh, living area down there. And, uh, he had tremendous back problems He's on his way to be a great athlete and and got injured and and uh so forth but uh, yes we we did uh have him come and, and stay with us for several years and uh i think he turned his life completely around yes and that's the thing that i really want to get across is that
1: you know even if you're listening to this and and saying i disagree with most of what they're saying right well ask yourself this would you be open to taking someone who has struggled and is in a really tough spot and have them come into your home for years and and to walk that walk and i think what i am trying to impart here is that there are a lot of folks on the left on the right in the center that their basic desire is to help human beings and yet as a society we are so caught up in what? at the end of the day are Minor Concerns relative to that basic human instinct to love and support one another and to walk the walk that what we see here and, and it plays out in in surveys is folks Simply will not take the time out of their day to reach their hand out to someone. A lot of it is because they're they're fearful, right? They don't know if they're going to be able to make the connection. Some of it is that they're wrapped up in social media, that they're wrapped up in something else. But I think what I am hoping we can get back to as a society is a universal respect, admiration, and amplifying People that serve Uh, I have gone through history um, you know and my joke is it's it's war disease and famine right that's I'll give you the headline of human history in three words Uh, (laughs) any objective look back at human history and then fast forward to today shows you a society that is prosperous in ways that no human being a hundred years ago could have imagined and only a tiny fraction of current humans living in other countries could even really grasp. And yet we see depression, suicide rates that are through the roof, addiction. And I, I, I try to put my finger on it. What's the, what's the change, right? And there's a whole variety of things, you know, that we could talk about this for eons, but I do think one of these things that I've seen is a, a move away from looking up to and, and kind of using role models, people as role models who serve. I think that, you know, you hear all things, oh, this is going to bring the country together. I promise you, if we're out together, breaking bread, serving meals to someone, helping someone, get their life back, all the petty disputes that we have on Facebook, and major disputes, I don't want to minimize these, right? But we're going to recognize that those are a level down from connecting as humans and serving together.
0: Yes, I, I agree with you, Thomas. Uh, and and back to the volunteer, it is it lifts your spirits, you're blessed, uh, you're, you're out to bless people, but you're being blessed and that is serving meals during thanksgiving christmas we've got easter coming up that we'll be serving and so and and coming together as volunteers and then serving we're here to serve the lord and serve each other and serve serve others and so what what norm and i have found that in serving those thanksgiving meals and and upcoming easter what a what a blessing it is to us to serve and so i and what is it? It's it's the fellowship and the camaraderie that we enjoy and, and friendships coming out of it. Yes. Yep. Because I think that that's
1: what I, you know, recognize amongst my friends, right? I'm a, I, I'd like to say I'm an honorary Gen Xer, but by the calendar, I'm a millennial. So <laughs> no offense to millennials, but I do, you know, I like to think I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> but uh, oh. is that people think it's boring, right? They think that this is a, a burden and yet i mean, shoot now you know i i do a lot with a, a crew called the sober life and you know we have fun i mean you know some of the we're going to play volleyball we're having a lot of fun and i'm not saying everything is going to be the most entertaining thing you've ever done in your life but i i i have found that absent serving there is something missing Uh, that's amorphous and hard to put uh, a finger on. But I think that's what a lot of people in our society are feeling is that emptiness inside. And, and, you know, if you're feeling empty, I always say might as well take a shot, right? (laughs) Like get out in the community and do something. And it's going to have to be, you know, you do the actions and, the the change follows right i think a lot of our focus as society is oh we're going to work on their thinking you know you got to have a better attitude you know what typically that's not how it works you got to take a leap you got to go out and do the action and the attitude and the emotions and the mental stuff follows Mm
2: -hmm. there are a couple of words that i want to interject here i got one when i was in junior high in my church in helena and it's it was all about discover god's will for your life and do it and so that kind of followed me all the way through school and then the other one is it will lead you to your purpose we haven't thought about purpose and everybody has to have a purpose to get up in the morning and that's one of the things both of us technically are are retired but um, we aren't. I mean, we're so busy with all our projects that we'll never have time. Some people <clears throat> spend their retirement doing what they love to do, play golf or bridge, but we don't do either one, but we, we're involved with people, and thats that's the greatest gift you can do is be involved with people, and you'll find your will, and you'll find your purpose. Could you
0: agree I, with that I agree nothing to, nothing against the friends that are playing golf and bridge and, and all those uh, activities they're wonderful uh, and we get to do that every once in a while but on the, on the other hand and hike yeah. Thomas and I love to hike together uh, but uh, helping others really fills fills that need and that one and that blessing <clears throat> is to be able to be out and meet others and and help them through the day or, or through the week or whatever.
1: One hundred percent. I mean, I always say, you know, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm no Mother Teresa, right? I'm not uh, <laughs> taking a vow of poverty and moving over to work at a, an orphanage right abroad. And and I don't think that's what is expected or, or required to be an ethically sound person. I think what we're talking about is get out there for an hour a month, right? Start there, but that it it will enrich your life. I mean, I, I do think that a lot of it is we just get caught in this day to day. I'm the same way. I'll tell you what, I was talking to you guys before I came here, you know, I get real regimented and, and you just kind of put it on autopilot. And I guess that's the hope is that you listen to this and it kind of, you know, knocks it out of gear a little bit and maybe, you know, says, Hey, I'm going to give it a try next month. You know, I'll go to early risers and and hear about young life. Right. Or I'll go down to the rescue mission and I'll see what they got going on. Um, Whatever it might be. Uh, i hope that this can serve as a catalyst to uh kind of you know maybe edge people out of complacency and and we're coming to the end of the hour here and so i do uh norma and dwight will you each give me one bible verse that has meant a lot to you throughout your life
0: philippians 4 4 rejoice in the lord always i say again rejoice and and uh i do i i every day i rejoice in in uh in jesus christ and want to serve him and uh our church uh, new city church is is in an exciting exciting uh growth period i i used to know maybe 20 eighty uh, percent now I know twenty percent we've just got such a uh, such a movement going on and we've got some wonderful churches here that are inspirational that would fill an empty heart and so I that has really helped me uh tremendously is is finding that uh, Jesus Christ is real and uh, he's uh I'll say it right here he saved me from myself on uh, on many occasions so Yes, how about you, Norma? Well, I love
2: that one that's Norman Vincent Peale's favorite uh, verse in the whole Bible. And that is, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall walk and not faint. And I love that. And uh, when I get tired, I just say it over and over to myself. And just remember that he is our strength.
0: Yes, amen. Amen.
1: Amen. I couldn't be any better, and uh, I, I, you know, encourage all of our listeners, go out, give Early Risers a try. It's every Thursday in May. Breakfast at 6:30 a.m. Get the show started at seven. We've got great speakers, great musicians, a good continental breakfast. Only twenty-five dollars for all four. Seven dollars at the door, and it's at the First Presbyterian Church at thirteen fifteen
2: Central Avenue
1: you got it norma and so uh very much appreciate you and dwight coming on appreciate your decades of service whether it's with early risers cm russell uh the montana history teacher of the year uh the great falls rescue mission and on and on and on right and so uh just humbled honored to to be sharing the mic with you here and uh thank you so much for coming on voices and views
2: thank you so much thomas
0: Double back at you, Thomas. Love you.
1: That was Dwight Smith and Norma Ashby-Smith, and you have been listening to Voices and Views on Great Falls Public Radio, KGPR (laughs) 89.9. more information about KGPR, please visit our website, kgpr.org, where you can find a link to donate, links to all of our other locally produced programming,
2: and information about your local voice. KGPR, Great Falls.